Welcome to The Spawn Chunks, episode number 75 for Monday, February 10th, 2020. My name is Johnny, but the internet knows me as Pixarifs, and joining me, as always, is Joel Duggan. Hello, Joel. Hello, sir. Uh, we were just having a lot of fun in the pre-show talking about Dungeons & Dragons and your new adventure. And if people want to hear know more about that, they can go to the Spawn Chunks on Patreon, which is patreon.com slash the Spawn Chunks, and get access to the render distance. And then you can hear all kinds of the cool stuff that Johnny and I talk about ahead of the Spawn Chunks. Yeah, we, we, we're getting into it a little bit. I'm, I'm vaguely getting into D&D &D behind the scenes. All of this new fantasy stuff that is happening in Minecraft is kind of fueling that a little bit. And yes, we have to acknowledge that <laughs> last show was either incredibly well-timed or appallingly timed, depending on who you are in the room, because last week we ended up doing an episode a little bit late. We put out an episode on Wednesday because Joel was feeling ill at the top of the week, and we talked a little bit about... Uh, the screenshots that Mojang had been putting up on their various Twitter accounts of the Nether update and thought, hmm, wouldn't it be great if we got a snapshot? I think I even ended the episode saying snapshot when in a cheeky kind of way. Well, it turns out snapshot about an hour before we published the podcast <laughs> was mm -hmm. how it worked out. So we are sitting here mildly chagrined, incredibly amused and fresh off of a brand new nether update snapshot which is very exciting we're going to be getting into that for the majority of this episode including some listener email and our general first impressions on the whole update but first of all it is tradition around here for us to chat about what's new in our minecraft lives so joel what have you been up to in minecraft this week well i switched back from skyblock not that i'm not going to continue on but uh, i realized that i i in in being so into skyblock i had kind of neglected the modern city and what i was doing on the citadel and i wanted to make sure that i returned to that and i was just in the mood uh, especially feeling ill last week even at the tail end of last week when i was able to get back into uh, to uh, streaming wasn't able to really talk for a lot of you know those streams mm -hmm. so uh, there's not much to talk about when you're just clearing off m massive mounds of grass so um alistair and i got together uh, i was streaming he was just kind of in the game with me but we removed a huge chunk of grass from the uh, modern city area on the citadel to make room for a new road which uh caps off a block kind of gives the downtown more of a grid-like feel um and it's it's fun to see how quickly laying out some roads really start to make a intersection start to feel like oh no wait this is really going to be a city it starts to give you a sense of scale um it's a little overwhelming considering how big it is and how yeah. many buildings we have to build but as with anything else in minecraft you know like we're not going to be working on this city until it's done quote unquote like this mm -hmm. is the idea with these new areas is to kind of like when you feel like building a modern road go work in the city when you feel like building a castle well go to the fantasy area so that's what we're, we're, we're going to be doing um but I really enjoyed the the layout process. Um, can't say I'm a big fan of the mining grass noise anymore. Yeah, dirt I can <laughs> handle. Sand any time of day. But the the constant like high pitched like like static noise of mining grass constantly with a beacon is wow. Is it's dirt, a lot. Is dirt and grass different? I can't yes. remember off the top of my yeah. head. I guess I guess dirt has a slightly more kind of like low, soft, crunchy kind of sound, and grass is like. <laughs> yeah right yeah. yeah dirt dirt sounds like almost the same noise as walking on it when you mine right. it it has yeah, like yeah. A, it's, it's a quick little you know or, or crunch or gravel that's sort of like gravel and dirt are very similar 
um, but then, but grass does have like a higher pitched. And for me, I think it could be just the frequency of it. It's just, it's, which it just, I turned my block sounds down to like 5% on stream, <laughs> yeah, which yeah. means that with the audio ducking, people on stream probably couldn't hear them at all. Cause I was just <laughs> like, Nope, I'm done. We can't do this anymore. Um, but it was fun. It, 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 you know, it, it provides a, uh, I don't know. It, it provides a, a satisfying layout. You know, it starts, it, it brings me back to when I was a kid. It looks like one of those dinky mats that I used to have. Like when you're really little, you know, the, you just kind of roll out this thing that looks, it's a printed roadmap and you just kind of drive yeah. little cars around it. Yeah. That yeah. Kind of thing. I, I think, I think everyone seems to have had those at some point or another. Yep. Cause I, I, I see any of them, like just a picture of kids playing with cars online and they've got that kind of town layout with roundabouts and roads going in different exactly. directions. It yeah. all feels very nostalgic somehow. Like everybody exactly. had the same one. Exactly. The only thing of course that we're limited by is that um, you can't really do roads going uphill in Minecraft very easily. The, yeah. The way we've decided to do it was that, that, um, in some of our fancier roads and fancier areas of the city, we're switching from concrete powder to stone because right. I can then use stone slabs, stone stairs, etc., yeah. yeah, yeah, and yeah. have that kind of like half block gradient. The issue, of course, we run into is that uh, I've been using um, blocks for lines in the road, and while we can easily switch from uh, white concrete to quartz to have slabs in white, it's textured. It's not pure white but it's it works okay um we don't however have anything we can use for the yellow line there's no yellow slab uh that we can really use so i think i'm gonna have to use a custom texture for um for the 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 yellow dotted lines in the slab roads i'm yeah. gonna use endstone brick slabs and just retexture them to look like yellow terracotta and just call it done because just i'm really at a point with a, a frustration with the modern city i'm running into some major roadblocks in terms of textures and things that we can use um and that actually brings into um the the other part of the weekend where i was working on the block bank which is now pretty much done i'm really happy with the way that it came out i had waited to put a roof on it for a very long time partly for, out of just necessity it was really nice to be able to fly into a non-roof and just just mm -hmm. land you know um, but we we added a roof. We put three skylights on it. I added a green wall, which I'm really proud of inside the oh, bank. So the green wall looks outstanding. I really oh, like what man. you've done with that because I I've seen more and more of that recently. There is one of those, and it's an outdoor one in Brighton oh, um, nice. that that I found recently when we were exploring the lanes, which is like an old area of Brighton that's kind of like lots of really twisty kind of alleyways and stuff. But they've redeveloped some of it recently, and it's mm. kind of similar to when we were in Spain. There was a uh, a little cafe we went to look for called El Patio Vertical, which um, translates to, yeah, basically like the vertical patio or garden. And opposite that, there was a giant wall all faced with moss and greenery and plants growing out of it sideways. And it's a really modern looking aesthetic. And I think it goes really well in a space that like your your um, block bank is very kind of, it's a lot of different gray and white tones. And so it can yep. feel quite cold and it really yep. adds a bit of natural warmth to the room. And I think it, it, it makes a fantastic feature wall. So got to gotta hand you some props there. That looks really oh, good. Thanks. Thanks, man. Yeah. I mean, it was one of those things that I, I built it live on stream. I, I had an idea. I, I can't remember where I got the idea of the green wall, whether it was something that I was planning on doing or whether someone suggested it. I think someone did suggest it, but the conversation at the time was like, you know, people were asking what kind of buildings were you going to put in the city? And I wanted to have a very modern look to it in terms of green roofs. You know, you see a lot of those uh, architecture things in, from like Taiwan 
uh, overseas where there, there's buildings and every balcony looks like it has a small forest on yeah, it. You know, yeah, like just yeah, yeah. The idea to try to combat pollution and have you know better air quality and just have a lot of green space and places for birds and bees and insects and things. Anyway, so we're going to be doing uh, that kind of a thing on our balconies in the city. And so I wanted to start with a little bit of practice and, and do this green wall. And the, the, only, the only thing that's really special about it in terms of the, the technique is that I used a combination of lime, terracotta, and green concrete powder behind the bushes. Yes. So their leaf blocks, even when you can see through them, there's still some sort of textured green happening. So it mm -hmm. does make it feel more dense. Uh, lighting is an issue. That's why there's a skylight above it. Um, skylights are another thing in modern buildings to make them feel really modern and really open and bright is when you have a high ceiling like that in Minecraft and you can't have lights up near the top of it or you don't want to put lights up there, then just opening it up to... Um, the sky during the day so half the time it's a very bright build and then at night it's not really that big of a deal that it gets a little bit dark uh higher up uh, i however have run into a major frustration with uh that everybody is you know experiences with minecraft which is i have more lights in this bank than i know what to do with it's still <laughs> yeah. not it's still not lit up the middle of this bank it's about 15 blocks wide the middle of this bank is still down to light level seven to five in the middle and mm -hmm. I've had to, uh, you can see in the images that I shared with you on Discord, I've had to put lights underneath brown trapdoors in the floor. That's the best solution I can think of at the moment, outside of putting glass down that looks modern, but looks like futuristic. It doesn't yeah. really, it doesn't look like a current modern build. It looks more like a, the fancy weird stuff I'm doing in the nether with the glass floors looks great, but it doesn't fit for what I want to do in this bank. And... And so I'm struggling with trying to figure out how to, to light or spawn proof the middle of this building floor inside without putting carpets under, you know, over light sources. It's just, it's so frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it is, it kind of goes back to the Cub Fan video we talked about in mm -hmm. a, a, a distant episode now. It's been a while actually. Um, about how players really can't control mob spawning after a certain point when we have control over almost everything else in the world, virtually limitless resources, even in survival, and then yep. mobs still spawn in buildings because we don't have that level of control over where stuff spawns and doesn't. Um, and it's interesting because lately I've been handling mob spawners like husks, and in my snow biome, I've been ex observing the same behavior in strays where they can't spawn if they don't have a block above their heads, and I sort of wonder if maybe some of that type of stuff could be attributed to more mobs. Like if, if a certain amount of like player placed blocks appear above their heads, then they just don't spawn. Um, and of course, that of course raises problems with caves. And the reason that husks and strays don't um, spawn unless there is open sky above them is because you don't want them spawning in cave conditions. You want them to be surface level mobs. So obviously that's not really practical for the way the monster system works right now, but right. I really wish there was a way of designating this is an indoor space for the game. And, you know, if a certain amount of light level was still acceptable once the player had placed enough blocks in that area. Again, it's yeah. a system that could be revised any number of ways and all of them introduce weird issues for natural mob spawning, which is the problem. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I, I can see the frustration I there. Yeah, I think the one of the, the simplest things I think that, that was staring me at the face it was that if mobs spawning on solid blocks wasn't just all solid blocks. Yeah. Like if it was just if it was just some naturally occurring blocks like grass, dirt, stone, diorite, you know, all the stuff that you mine in the world. But the second that you turn it into polished diorite, 
have it be something that, that a mob can't spawn on. Yeah. Because that you don't find that out in the world. And that to me would be the simplest way uh, on the surface. I don't know what, from a development standpoint, I don't know what that would mean. Um, but it just, because it, I have polished diorite and, and a good part of the floor and the other part of the floor is concrete. And I really like the contrast and I don't want to change it. And it's like, <laughs> I just, it's such, it's such a bottleneck. Anyway, that's what I've been doing. Uh, the, the bank is not 100% done. We've got half sea lanterns and half redstone lamps for the floor lighting. I'm not sure which one I like better. So I have this technique where I build a building and I decorate half of it the way that I want to. And then I do an alt, you know, on the other side, I just yep. leave it for a week. I walk through it a bunch of times and ultimately I just decide that I like one side better than the other and I change it back. I can't make the decision immediately. I kind of have to live with it. You know, it's, yep. it's like moving furniture in your house. You kind of have to move something and then just like see how many times you bump into it before you realize, nope, <laughs> that, that can't go there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. So what have you been doing, man? While you've been flattening out areas, I have been unflattening them, emphatically so, uh, <laughs> because I continue, I continue my mountain range build in the Minecraft Survival Guide. And to be honest, I haven't done much other than that, especially on streams. My last three or four streams have just been mountain building, and it's been great. Uh, actually, had really good attendance on a stream the other day that was just me placing about 5,000 blocks of stone. Uh, the other side of that being that stone is now being generated several times faster than I can place it, thanks to a, a cobblestone generator that I rigged up next to a, uh, a water trough that takes it all down to automatic smelting with uh, zero-tick bamboo farms as the fuel, so I don't have to worry about refreshing the fuel. And then, um, yeah, everything just goes through 12 furnaces. I'm gathering stone, and any excess cobblestone goes into a runoff chest, which has managed to fill up a couple of times in the time it took me to place a shulker box worth of stone. So I'm definitely gathering stone a lot faster than I can place it, but that's a very good thing because it means I don't have to keep going strip mining with a beacon every time I want to get more stone for building with. And ultimately, it's not costing me any resources to do any of the stone production at this point, which is a good place to be in when you want to build a mountain range, it turns out. Um, yeah, as far as that's going, it's going pretty well. I still need to work on the connections between these i've got multiple peaks going on and the ski route is going to basically come down the valleys between them because if you build anything that looks like a mountain in minecraft aside from just being tall it is often quite steep if you want the the look to feel kind of appropriate for what you expect a mountain to look like so ski routes just down one face of the mountain don't really make sense but i'm trying to figure it out so the transitions between mountains are shallow enough that you could feasibly ski down it without basically going face first <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. and and so that's a challenge but it's an interesting one and i've had various uh terraforming experts like our good buddy f whip and and a few others uh popping into my chat occasionally giving me some very helpful advice which i always appreciate nice. um Aside from that, my Skyblock series continues apace. Uh, I have now got myself a ton of villagers, um, just breeding them up in a, a small kind of fenced-off area. Iron golems have been spawning naturally, and I've been dragging them on top of a campfire to get iron, so I was able to get enough iron that way to make myself an anvil, which means I can finally use the enchanted books I fished up earlier in the series as well. And I got myself a full set of enchanted diamond tools and armor, except for a hoe, because villagers will not sell you hoes. Uh, but they've got um, 
you know, pickaxes, shovels, axes, swords, all of that covered. An armorer now trades me all four pieces of diamond armor, enchanted with, like, basic-ish enchantments. But there are boots that have protection two, feather falling two, and unbreaking two for one emerald, because <laughs> I cured him from a zombie. So that's a pretty good score. And uh, my latest episode of that, I ended up just getting a full set of diamond gear and was like, this is how you do it in Skyblock. You don't even need to mine diamonds. And uh, from now on, I think it's probably going to be uh, focusing on building it up so it looks aesthetically more pleasing, because uh, F with Mythical Sausage have taken that approach with their series. They basically started out going, Skyblock can look good. You know, it takes more time and effort to make it look good than just cobblestone platforms and wood structures everywhere, but we're going to try, and I want to try a little bit of that as well. And from there, I'm going to start trying to make a few more efficient farms, taking advantage of, you know, void level spawning and stuff like that. And hopefully the series will continue to be exciting for people. But yeah, aside from that, it's been business as usual, really, which is funny because it's not business as usual for Minecraft. We have a we have a snapshot. Let's finally get around to talking about this. Let's go into the news. Let's talk about the snapshot features. We will have a listener email after that. And then I think we're going to talk about more of our own opinions about where all of this stuff is going. Sure, we've got... Minecraft Snapshot 20W06A, published precisely one hour after last week's delayed podcast on Wednesday, February 5th. New nether biomes, we have the Crimson Forest, the Warped Forest, Soul Sand Valley, nether fog color changes from biome to biome. The old nether biome is now called nether wastes uh, because there's it, it feels, it's so funny. Uh, it just feels so bleak compared to the new stuff, which is, I mean, it, it's good. Um, but it's 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 apt that they called it nether waste. Yes. Old, old nether terrain now comes across as very yeah. very empty by comparison. Yeah. Now, of course, you can get all of these notes and read all of this on the Minecraft.net post. We'll have that linked in the show notes. But to bring you up to speed, we have crimson and warped forests. Floored, the floor of these biomes is covered with nylium, a netherrack variant. Nether wart mushrooms will uh, with two new wood types: crimson stem and warped stem. New wood types craft into anything wooden, stairs, slabs, pressure plates, signs, etc., but notably not boats. Uh, grown from crimson fungi, warped fungi are found, there in, are found in their respective forests. Shroom lights, a light source block, generates inside the crown even when grown by the player of the uh, warped fungi and crimson fungi. Uh, weeping vines grow on the underside of red nether wart trees. Hoglins spawn in Crimson Forest. They don't do much yet. Endermen spawn uh, increase in the Warped Forest. Uh, I've got some notes on that stuff later. Um, Soul Sand Valley, the soul dirt, uh, which burns with a bright blue flame when lit, is located in the Soul Sand Valley. You can uh, craft that into a soul fire torch or a soul fire lantern that have lower light levels than the um, other light blocks in the game. Basalt pillars are also located in the Soul Sand Valley. No crafting recipes for those yet. Increased skeleton spawns also happen in the Soul Sand Valley. Netherite, this is the big one. Find uh, ancient debris below Y24 in the nether. Smelt the debris to make netherite scraps. Combine four netherite scraps and four gold to make a netherite ingot, one netherite ingot, upgrades your diamond gear into netherite gear. Nether sound effects have also had an overhaul. We have ghasts sounds are now heard at a shorter range. I think this is a fantastic update. Update blocks sounds for bone blocks, nether rack, soul sand, nether wart, nether bricks, and quartz ore. 
Quality of life changes. No more gaps in walls when you stack them vertically. Locate biome command is also available. Made shipwrecks and ocean ruins a bit less common, so get more excited when you find one. Patrols are no longer going to be spawning uh, close to the, uh, sorry, patrols are no longer going to spawn when a player is close to a village. They may still spawn close to you, but they won't spawn close to the player or close to the village. Uh, notable bug fixes, of course, MC92889. Mending doesn't always consume experience if the player wears items with mending that are already fully repaired. So that's been fixed. Uh, we also saw an update to the zombified piglin model shared by W. Chewy on Twitter. And the model texture uh, was by Jasper Borstra. Uh, and the animation was by W. Chewy. Uh, we'll have a link to that in the show notes as well. Uh, before we, we forget about the, the zombified piglin, um, I think it looks great. What did you think, Johnny? Yeah, I, I loved it. I think it's a very um, good change to zombie pigmen to the zombified piglins it's going to obviously bring them in line with the unzombified piglin the regular piglin which isn't introduced in this snapshot but was featured prominently at minecon so will presumably be showing up sometime soon maybe when they've worked out the bartering system that they mentioned at the minecon presentation but yeah i really like it i think the flappy ears that they have are adorable the kind of enlarged almost like football shaped skull they have mm -hmm. now makes a lot more sense and i think some people are concerned that this is this means they're also going to update the regular pigs because it's weird that the piglin have flappy ears but regular minecraft pigs don't no word on that from the developers but it's kind of funny that uh, pig biology is diversifying a little bit in this update but uh, yeah hats off to the team i think it looks great I, I i agree as well and for whatever reason i think it might be the fact that they've given it nostrils mm. uh in that it is in addition to the slightly wider head, it gives a, a few more pixels for uh, the artist Jasper to very clearly give you a line down the center of the zombified piglin's face so that you can see a bare skull on one side and a flesh-covered um, what used to be a piglin face on the other. It just didn't seem like there was enough room. I never felt like the face of a zombie pigman was that clear. And the zombified piglin it feels that much clearer. Yes. Uh, and it, it really, really works. Also notable, uh, it, oh, they only have one ear. <laughs> it's, just <the laughs> yeah, one, yeah. it's just the one floppy ear on the one side. The other side is just a bare skull. They don't have anything. Uh, it's a it's cartoony. It's a little morbid. And I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying yeah. that it's, I'm surprised at how morbid it looks with the new texture. It's it a lot more of the skull sticking out. It yeah. Seems like. yeah. And I think, I think the clarity of having the two nostrils and the two eye sockets really help with that. Uh, even though it's meant to be a pig, it does kind of look like when you see a human skull in any kind of media, right? It does kind of have that skull and crossbones kind of look to it. Yeah, um, but, dis but again, despite, despite that, yeah, I think I think the new head shape kind of, it, it leans more pig than man, which is kind of, it's, it's interesting that these are no longer going to yes. be called pig men, they're called piglins. As like mm -hmm. a separate race, it kind of moves it away from the humanoid model that you get from players, skeletons, zombies. They don't have a cube-shaped head anymore. It's a cuboid. It's more elongated. Which, I wonder if yeah. we're going to see more of that because that would be kind of cool. I think that would be, even though, you know, they might be limited by, you know, resources and things like that in terms of the actual models and scale of things. I think having, if more... Uh, mobs come into the game that have odd shaped heads or different shapes like that. I think that would be fantastic. Not everything has to be cubed for it to still look like Minecraft, I think. I, th I think it's an interesting 
change given that they have simplified the horse model recently to make it look more in line with Minecraft's aesthetic, but then they are diversifying models like this. We have some more dynamic shaped stuff like the phantoms and things like that. It, it's, it's interesting the lines they draw design-wise, and I'm sure there are probably like, you know, there are fewer vertices or whatever in, in certain types of model, and the horse was just an example of an over-detailed model. But in this case, they're managing to get a lot of detail out of the texture, even if the model itself is otherwise relatively simple so mm -hmm. yeah really great change uh let's let's move on to talking about the listener feedback that we have had and i know you had a bit of housekeeping you wanted to do before we really get into the emails yes so we had uh, obviously a ton of email come in um as we normally do which is fantastic again we don't want to sound like we're complaining uh, but there's a lot of email regarding the nether updates and there was no real way to fit all of them into the show so we're going to read one that we feel kind of encompasses the spirit of most of the emails that we received uh and then i've got uh, i wrote i pulled out the questions from the other emails to kind of just kind of keep in mind as we talk about another update uh but in terms of housekeeping the email for the show is thespongechunks at gmail.com we mentioned it a couple times in episode please use it uh it, and this is going to sound a little bit harsh but it really just comes from a johnny and i don't have time to check multiple different avenues for emails uh coming into the show so if you want your email to be considered for um the spawn chunks and to be addressed or read on the show email it to the spawn chunks at gmail.com please do not email the show on patreon don't dm johnny or i on discord uh do not dm johnny or i or the spawn chunks on instagram um again i don't want to sound rude it's just purely a volume and time control thing we just can't keep track of all of that kind of different stuff. Plus, it's worth noting that both Johnny and I have access to the spawnchunksgmail.com uh, account. So we can both check it. I can't check Johnny's Discord for messages. <laughs> yes, so, and, I, and I barely check my Instagram messages like ever. So yeah, yeah there's pro probably not the venue for that. Yeah, uh, so we do we do mention the shows uh, the the show's email several times per episode. It is also linked at the bottom of every episode show notes. You can email us at thespunchunks at gmail .com. So please do that. Uh, it allows us to keep things organized. Uh, it gives a timestamp for when the emails come in, so we can know whether we're addressing something that's that's older or whatever. Um, and we do have a number of emails that we got in the last week that we do want to address, but they weren't nether related. So we're going to bump those until a, a future episode. So if you've written in the last week or two and, you, and you, you feel like it was important and you don't get rid of this week, then that it's just because it wasn't on, on topic and we'll, we'll try to fit you in another time. Yes. Uh, so a special shout out to Carter, Oscar JP, Jeremy, Arian J, AKA Norvix, Chris A, Mechmorphic, and a Minecrafting Marine and Trevor. All of you really appreciate the the emails. Um, again, some of them were a little bit too long to fit into the show. Uh, other words were, were brief and to the point, but we wanted to thank all of you for your contributions to the Nether conversation this week. Um, this email is from Oscar, aka Dystopian, and it is record, regarding, of course, the Nether update snapshot. Hi, Johnny and Joel. Now the main topic of my email, along with many others this week, I'm sure is the brand new Nether update snapshot. As soon as 20W06A came out, the whole community just exploded with criticisms and ideas and opinions, so I wanted to share mine with you guys and ask for your opinions. Firstly, I love the new Nether. The new forest biomes are brilliant splashes of color, and the woods you get to see from are really, really pretty. Although the warped stems doors do make a weird face when you make a double door. Um, 
The rest of the vegetation vegetation is very good for decorating inside the nether and out. The Soul Sand Valley is also very creepy, really adds a new fresh scariness to the fairly worn out environment uh, that has lost its creepiness. I think he's referring to the old nether. Now the real star of the show or tradition tradition breaking mistake, depending on your opinion, netherite. This new material has been extremely controversial with many people saying it breaks the tradition of diamond being the strongest, but I really like this addition. It's great to see that Moyang are finally confident enough to break new ground and change the old traditions holding back the game. I've been playing since 1.5 and it's great, uh, it's great to see that Moyang has finally made a new tier. This is big. We can now have manageable, uh, we can now have manageable stronger enemies, tougher dungeons, maybe even bigger bosses. Netherite is a great addition and it means the game has opened up to make bigger changes. It's the right rarity for how much uh, of an upgrade it is and the fact that it doesn't burn is very cool. Uh, it has led to many other community suggestions such as Netherite shulker boxes that don't burn in lava. I have two criticisms with netherite, one being that its tools are far too plain looking. If it's made of diamond, gold, and netherite, it should look like it's made of diamond, gold, and netherite. This has become apparent to many artists on the Minecraft subreddit, uh, and many great retextures have already been included uh, with gold and diamond. My other is that this looks fantastic as a building block, but it's too rare to be used in a normal build. Ancient debris looks great as a rusty metallic surface, and netherite blocks look really cool as plate sheet metal or something similar as the base color of a fortress build or something, but sadly, it's only gonna be useful in decoration and creative. Otherwise, I have almost no criticisms with the new snapshots, and I'm interested to see where 116 is going and what other changes Moyang have hidden for us. Now, what about you guys? Are the changes you uh, are there changes you dislike in 20W06A? How do you think Netherite will change the end of the game? And how will uh, it work within the combat update? I didn't think about that. Uh, sorry to send such a long email, but there's so much to be said and such a huge new change. I've been listening for a while to your fantastic podcast and always enjoy it. It's great and informative and you guys talking about your firms, etc., has inspired me to get into proper redstone. Thanks for all the great content. You guys, keep, please keep it up. Your loyal listener, Oscar, aka Dystopian. Uh, so again, longer email than we would be normally reading on the show, but that email basically encompasses the spirit of all of the other emails we received this week. The, so the everybody's full range. Yes. very excited and, and very interested in stuff like that. I, uh, so the, the other questions and stuff that we got, Johnny, do you want to kind of tackle those before we get into really discussing everything? Yes. First of all, I wanted to say thank you, Oscar, for your email. And I never thought I'd see the day when I inspired anybody to get into proper redstone. So that's uh, <laughs> kind of a personal achievement for me. Okay, so the uh, the overall tone of the other emails we got was largely positive, very questioning. There were a lot of interesting, like, springboards to other topics here. Uh, so first of all, sh do you think there should be more biomes and naturally generated structures, presumably, in the nether itself? Um, someone asked, do you think diamond tools should keep their enchantments when combined with netherite to make netherite tools? Because currently combining them with netherite, which we'll get to talking about more in a second, does wipe all the enchantments off of diamond tools when you upgrade them. Uh, someone said, I spawned in a, a soul sand valley, which is crazy dangerous, and I'm now forced to explore the nether via tunnel, which is not how I want to experience this update. Do you think soul sand valleys should be more traversable or less dangerous? With this huge nether update, inventory management is going to become an even bigger issue. More items, more armor, more, you know, resources and that kind of thing. 
And even, do you think Netherite will set a precedent for augmenting tools and armor? For example, adding leather to iron or other armor so you can dye it. Let's work through each of these in turn, I guess. So, more biomes and naturally generated structures. First of all, Joel, how do you feel about the distribution of these new biomes? I assume you've uh, you, you spent a bit of time working in a backup of the Citadel, didn't you? So you actually had to explore further afield to find the biomes in the first place. I did, and we had a couple directions in the Nether that really haven't been that explored we went mostly mostly north southwest in our nether so when i downloaded the backup i just had to go east and i i found some new biomes pretty readily uh pretty readily it didn't take me very long in stream to hit all three new biomes that were included um i don't think they need to be any more frequent i've watched a number of other people do creative videos and, and flying around and stuff like that and in a new nether when when you've not had an existing network of stuff already there um, people come across the new biomes almost immediately like yeah, they, they seem to be pretty pretty well pretty well distributed so i don't think that more biomes need i don't think they need to have more of them i, I also felt that the 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 forests and stuff i only ran into the one soul sand valley and it was cool but i was I kind of just grabbed the blocks I wanted to grab and then moved on to the other stuff. Yeah, the, the um, forests are much more interesting, it feels yeah, like, because yeah, yeah. Sol, Sol Sand Valley is sort of like the existing patches of Soul Sand we have in the existing nether. There are yeah. a couple of new, unique things about it, but it's not necessarily somewhere you want to stay for very long. No, well, mostly because I was switching back and forth between creative and um, survival. I was trying to experience the new nether in survival, but I was using creative just to kind of make the stream a little bit easier so that we didn't have to wait or look for things. Uh, but this whole sand valley is not safe. Like it is harsh. <laughs> yeah. I, I switched. I switched to survival. I was like, oh nope, switching back right now because uh, a skeleton was about to own me. That's mm -hmm. because you're so slow. Like I mean, I like the difficulty of it. I think it adds. It's basically it's a sand trap. Like it's it really changes. Um, it's it it no longer is like ooh that's really cool. Let's go there. It's like a, oh do I want to go in there right now? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it changes things dramatically. Um. As far as new structures, I didn't really run into any structures. I feel like the trees are pretty decent as far as new structures are, are concerned. Yes. I thought the crimson forests and the warped forests were thick and big and and cool in that they were vertical. Like they, you just it wasn't just a flat plane that they existed on. They would skip up and down several, you know, tens of blocks, you know, in different locations and um, were were very dense. I thought that was great. Yeah, they're quite, they're quite similar in terms of their scale to when you go to a naturally generated mushroom island and occasionally there's mushrooms that will grow with the stem about 15 blocks high. Just, mm -hmm. you know, the, the occasional one pops out like that. It works that way in, in uh, these netherwarp forests as well. These kind of... Uh, I, I need to start learning the terminology at this point. The warped forests, the crimson forests. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I don't think there need to be more biomes at this point because there is enough variety added with these three biomes if you definitely count the soul sand valley as a biome i think at this point um i think it's only really going to be necessary to add more diversity to the nether once we get used to these being the new normal and it's going to be a while before that happens simply because especially the warped forest adds so much more interesting color to the nether suddenly you have this bright blue patch in the nether they've always been my favorite as as far as like the visuals of them go back from when we first saw them at minecon and seeing them in person is really exciting because there's a bunch of color where previously the nether was just a flat red you know very repetitive landscape 
Um, as far as naturally generated structures go, piglins, as I mentioned earlier, are not present in this update. Neither are the structures they are supposedly going to be inhabiting. Uh, we had a mention of piglin bastions in a previous set of update notes. Uh, no word on what they're going to look like, what they're going to be made of when they are arriving in the development cycle. So we will see those in a future iteration of the snapshot. But as far as generated structures go, the thing that interests me is, are we now going to see nether fortresses only spawning in specific biomes, or are the biomes clustered too densely that you couldn't restrict that because then nether fortresses would be confined just to nether wastes or just to soul sand valleys and the you know options for generating those would be kind of limited i assume they're not going to change it too much because nether fortresses are so tied to the game progression you need to find blaze powder in order to make eyes of ender to go to the end so i don't think you need to mess around with nether fortress spawning too much would you agree with that i yeah I, I think that they're just they're probably the nether fortresses are probably just going to appear where they appear and cut through whatever biome they're cutting through. Um, I was watching a couple of people streaming, and, and sometimes it was really interesting to see what uh, another fortress looked like when it was bursting through a red crimson um, forest. It, it just uh, another uh, crimson was it crimson wart crimson? What are they just Cr called crimson? They just called crimson forests, crimson forest. I guess. Yeah, yeah. It would just look really cool because then, and at some points, you had like um, weeping vines. Um, hanging off of the nether fortresses oh which, nice like i mean it just it just adds that it because you think about these these fungi um new fungal trees and blocks and things and if there was this for this fortress that was in the middle of it they would be crawling up the walls of it and so you don't necessarily get that but that's kind of what would have maybe inspired the player to to take that what if scenario and say okay well this fortress happens to be in the middle of this fungal forest let's try to change this so it looks like the fungus is taking over the forest and i think it looks really cool because it's very high contrast of course with the dark nether brick and the, the bright colors i also like the fact that the different biome fog means that you get a totally different backdrop i saw somebody's screenshot of a soul sand valley that had a nether fortress in it and of course the biome fog in the background is bright blue basically when you're in a soul sand valley that's mm -hmm. where you also find the blue fire that we mentioned earlier so it really changes the atmosphere of a nether fortress in quite an interesting way so excited to uh, see more of that in future uh, while we're on the topic of soul sand valleys actually let's address the other question about them being too dangerous and do you think soul sand valleys should be either more traversable or should it not really be possible to spawn in on one um, I I think spawning in on a soul sand valley is just tough luck. It's it's, it's akin to spawning over a lava lake. Like I just it's just par for the course. It's the Nether. It's going to be dangerous. It's unfortunate that you have to tunnel for a bit before you can explore the Nether. But once you're out of the soul sand valley, you don't have to be in a tunnel anymore. So I I, I can appreciate how difficult it would be early game to spawn into a soul sand valley. It just would make the game that much more difficult to progress in the Nether. But I think that's probably one of the things that makes the game interesting. I like the fact that the soul sand valley is dangerous like it just it feels like it adds a level of difficulty to the game without adding a new boss new mob like it just it just changes the environment conditions it slows you down it adds more ranged bad guys ghasts and um and skeletons and i think it just creates that level of difficulty that that i think some players really want 
We mentioned earlier that Endermen are going to spawn more frequently in warped forests, and right now, uh, due to a bug, I think it has been acknowledged as a bug by the developers, they are spawning in huge numbers. I (laughs) briefly, you know, flew around in creative uh, around a a warped forest, and there were about 12 or 15 Endermen all just standing on one hillside. Um, And so, do you think maybe they're going to tone down the amount of skeleton spawns in a Soul Sand Valley as well? Does it seem like it's unmanageable or is it just the maneuverability of them right now that's making it difficult to handle skeletons i didn't see that many skeletons i think i was just being hit by the same one because i wasn't able to get out of range Uh uh-huh yeah and i have to confess i didn't spend very long in the soul sand valley biome i kind of like went there got the basalt got the soul soil and kind of left um because i was on stream and i was trying to just kind of cover all the different blocks and look at everything um i don't know i think i kind of like the idea of I mean, if you put slabs down or you just create some sort of walkway that's not soul sand or soul soil, then you can potentially move a lot faster. Um, and it would create kind of like a, you have to run through this area. <laughs> yeah. Sort of, sort of feeling. Um, I don't know if they're going to nerf the spawning of the skeletons. I didn't feel like it was overly, um, overly dramatic. I, um, I, I watched a, an Exumavoid video where he did a uh, buffet-style world where he just made the entire world a flat generated world with um, Soul Sand Valley. And the number of ghasts, like it was astonishing yeah. <laughs> to, to watch. Uh, so if anything, I'm wondering if they might, they might have uh, to, to address the ghast problem. I think that might be a bigger thing. We had one of our emailers described a situation where the ghast immediately blew up their portal. Yeah. Right. Cause so that could be kind of, game well not game over because you'd spawn back in the overworld if you died but like that could become a very difficult situation if your guests are there and constantly blowing up the portal as you're trying to get into the nether but again you could also just spawn in the middle of a peaceful blue (laughs) a warped forest to be fine right which which i did i started a brand new creative world and immediately spawned right up in the kind of top corner basically in in a sort of cavernous area of a warped forest and it was the best place for me to go Im- to immediately have like a a, a a complete view of my favorite new biome <laughs> and mm-hmm. it was it was a very very fortunate spawn but yeah it, it seems like you don't have to go too far to experience those things and i think um it's going to be interesting to see how these change the progression of the game in a sense because warped forests having more enderman spawns meaning if you find one of those you're more likely to be able to gather ender pearls faster if you want to rush this the progression of the game and rush to Mm -hmm. the the stronghold um just one trip to the nether you'd probably get a decent amount of ender pearls and if you find a nether fortress as normal blaze powder so you could probably gear up for end game a little bit faster in that sense because everybody knows the struggle of waiting every night in the overworld to try and find some enderman you know you pick the flattest biome you can and uh, you know go out to a desert or something to find them so uh yeah having a place where it can be relied upon that endermen spawn more frequently before you get to the end is actually potentially a huge advantage not game breaking necessarily but certainly shifting the balance a little bit Let's, I think um, we can maybe talk about the netherite kind of like in our general discussion because I think we'll cover, we'll, well, I think we'll cover a lot of the kind of netherite stuff um, in our main discussion because I'm curious to hear what you think about about the nether biomes and all that kind of stuff. So what do you yeah. think? Yeah, let's get into it. Um, so yeah, like I said, Warped Forest is predictably my new favorite thing. Um, and I do like the idea of them being relatively peaceful. You could probably still get fibled by a ghast in there if it has line of sight, but there's enough stuff to duck behind <laughs> that you're mm. probably okay. Mm-hmm. 
Um, the crimson biomes are still pretty atmospheric. Um, I think the, the fog color changing between biomes really helps, although... Uh, my one bit of feedback about that is something that's been acknowledged once again as a bug, or at least not intended for the final release, is that the transition between different types of biome fog right now is just a one-frame transition. You know, it, it needs to be smoother, it needs to fade between them if possible, or have some sort of border, because right now, if you have a block of a warped biome, a crimson biome, and a soul sand valley next to each other, and you walk back and forward between the three my gosh it's flickery and i feel like yeah. anybody who has sensitivity to you know flickering images changes in light that kind of stuff yeah. is just going to be like migraine central very quickly um we, we so. do have those kind of biome blending controls in the overworld and i'm kind of wondering if they'll implement something similar uh yeah. i don't know how that affects fog uh but i know how it affects watercolor and you can very clearly see that in the overworld so i'm wondering if we'll get that kind of a thing you know yeah. just implemented in the nether once again, acknowledging that this is all very much a work in progress, so I yes, understand that it's, it's all stuff that they're going to refine as it goes goes on. I think the crimson biomes felt like less of a revelation to me because we already had nether wart blocks um, that could be crafted out of nine nether wart in a, a three by three. So it's it's not like oh wow new blocks all of a sudden. Although obviously once you start taking the um, nether wart kind of stems apart the crimson trees if you want to call them that i suppose um you obviously get the wood you get the stem blocks um and so that's kind of the more exciting range of stuff to be found in the uh the new biomes plus the hoglins like i said don't really do very much yet so i'm i'm less excited by those but it's cool to see them at least and like the uh zombified piglin we mentioned earlier the kind of flappy ear animation on them is very funny they kind of like when you hit them, they, they dangle their legs in the air while they're still kind of hanging in the air before they drop back down to the ground and their ears flap wildly. And I don't know if that's something they will end up doing in, in their finished iteration, but it looks kind of comical. It looks like a, a Roadrunner cartoon where his legs are just going in midair trying to get back down to the ground. I never, I didn't associate this with the uh, the Hoglins at first, but once seeing them animated and seeing them in game, they remind me of Eeyore from winnie the pooh <laughs> a little bit they've got that yeah. kind of like slightly droopy face to them with yeah. the it's the line of hair down the back i think the kind of weird mane yes. that they yep. have is, yep, is very, very true is very yep. eeyore um yeah. and is sometimes feeling gloomy and um <laughs> yeah I, I i suppose hopefully we'll we'll see them become a little bit more aggressive as the ai gets put in i imagine as a placeholder they've just put like pig ai on these things because they don't I can't confirm, you. but I think I heard that somewhere, whether it was someone in our Discord or something like that reported, but I, I feel like that's probably just, just the case. I, I, now that you say that, though, I kind of want like a custom sound pack for, you know, uh, a mopey sounding hoglin. I could just yeah. like, hi there. <laughs> yeah. Why are you here? So sa <laughs> sound a bit like Snuffleupagus right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Snuffy the hoglin. Let's, let's make it happen, internet. <laughs> Snuffy um, the hoglin, yes. Yes, absolutely. That's that's my first name tag of the Nether update. Um, so yeah, uh, Soul Sand Valley seems cool. Uh, having blue fire is fun. It doesn't really do anything. Once again, uh, I think people noticed that for a start, basically all item entities were fireproof, um, which I think is a, a coding bug because of the way they're trying to implement that behavior with um, Netherite stuff. Um, mm. And um, the blue fire is just aesthetic right now. It doesn't even destroy items. I think you tried throwing stuff into the fire before and it was just there for show and for lighting rather than for functionality right now. Yeah, I did. Now, uh, worth noting that you do take more damage from blue fire than you do from orange fire. So really? That, that, okay. Yeah. 
that's that's something uh, that I saw in an Exumavoid video actually. Um, but yes, I was misled because I I did that whole testing items thing and it didn't burn them. And I thought, ooh, that that would be cool. Like that could provide some really cool mob farm situations where you could kill mobs with the blue fire, but then the items that they drop would not be immediately consumed uh, by the fire. Um, but unfortunately, like um, it's been I think wildly reported that it's widely not wildly widely reported that it's a bug that I, items are not being burnt by anything outside of you know as they should be in, in fire um well i like the blue fire i think it looks really cool i was not expecting uh soul fire torches and soul fire lanterns i yes that, and the fact that they're light level low uh that lower than 15 um we were incorrect in our speculation about the shroom light which is the other natural light block that you get in another update um they are a full light source they're light source 15 yeah um, but the torches are nine i think yeah, it's nine or ten. It's it's low enough uh, to provide a decent amount of mob protection. Obviously, you'd have to cluster them in quite a close formation compared to torches. But they also, as somebody pointed out in our Discord, and I forget exactly who, so apologies for that. Uh, they, I think it was Reese, maybe mentioned this. They don't melt snow and ice layers because um, they're so, not strong enough to. Because yeah, because because snow and ice only melt on I think it's like level eleven or twelve and above. And combined with the fact that they are blue, would make a really cool kind of fantasy ice cave kind of mm. feel. And you mm -hmm. would avoid accidentally melting all of your snow layers if you use those. So kind of cool. Uh, going back to the shroom lights, actually, since you mentioned those, I didn't make a note about them at all because they feel kind of forgettable to me, which is a shame. And yep. I think it's because they do look so close to glowstone. Their texture is so similar. And if they aren't related to glowstone, really, obviously it creates some sort of consistency within the nether, but there's no reason for them to just look that way i imagine there's there's probably like there's some nuance to their texture that probably provides like a slightly different looking light source but i think in future iterations maybe if they were retextured i might be prompted to use them a little bit more because right now i can't imagine using them in any circumstances where glowstone wouldn't just be a another substitute so yeah. it's like slightly more accessible glowstone it's very convenient that they spawn in the uh, forests because you end up having a higher light level there meaning fewer hostile mob spawns potentially and it's a nice easy light source to get hold of if you don't want to pillar up to the ceiling to get glowstone but even so i feel like it's um, a bit of a missed opportunity to make a different looking light source block and hopefully that's something that they will adjust as the days go on because uh yeah i feel like it just looks the same sort of color as a redstone lamp when it's on or glowstone or you know a couple of other things that could very yeah. easily have a different texture i agree and this kind of leads me into my opinion of a lot of this stuff uh in terms of it's a little bit well it's a lot to visit i i'm not overly impressed by the functionality of a lot of the new the new blocks uh i want to get this out of the way and say like yes it's a snapshot things are going to develop moyang is looking for feedback all that kind of stuff well here's my constructive feedback in that I think the biomes look amazing. I think walking through Crimson Forests and Warp Forests looks incredible. I don't really see myself doing much with them though, because outside of recreating the biome, outside of building with bright purple or turquoise, there's really not a lot of use for this kind of stuff. You have a wood or a, a, a fungi that survives in a lava lake riddled nether dimension and you're telling me it just gives me wood 
and planks and trapdoors. I, I just, it seems like a missed opportunity for, yes, sure, make it a bright color. I mean, I'm not a fan of the color, but I mean, you can't please everybody all the time. But why is it not fungi stairs and fungi planks and or, or fungi wood or fungi surface, some fungi block? Like, it's just, it's planks. And to me, that feels like low-hanging fruit. Uh, yeah. And what kind of brought me there was your mention of like this, the shroom light. It looks cool at first, but then you're like, okay, well, it looks cool underneath a mushroom tree. Does it look cool anywhere else? Not really. Does it break into anything? Not yet. And this is where I'm kind of, again, want to point out, I am aware that it's a snapshot and that things are hopefully going to change. When you break glowstone, you get glowstone dust. Glowstone dust can be used to, uh, uh, in potions, it can be, it can, it can be used in potions, right? Yeah, yeah you, yeah, you get more intense potions by adding right, glowstone. Exactly. Yeah. So it's got some function to it. Uh, you can then craft, you know, more, uh, you can craft more glowstone blocks. If you get, you know, you get glowstone from witch drops and you can make glowstone out of glowstone dust. Um, some of this stuff I feel should be breaking down into more. Uh, the, at the moment, the feature of warped forests is that they're blue. The, the warped or blue nether wart at the top of it doesn't do anything. It's just yeah. blue. Uh, I even made that joke last week. Uh, the, the red, uh, nether wart forest topper, it's just red nether wart. It doesn't do anything else. Uh, same with the, the shroom block. It doesn't break down into anything that we know of. Um, so I'm feeling at this point that while everything looks great in the nether, removing it from the nether outside of some very specific uses, like, yes, you know what? The, the warped plank doors, I'm trying very difficult to get the terms right, look very cool. If you want to make the doors on maybe an underwater fort or a wizard's tower, but I can't see myself using them on my log cabin, on a modern house, on just about any other build that you can think of as Minecraft. It just feels like they're just so outside of the... There's such a specific texture and such a specific vibe to all of the nether stuff. I feel like it's very pigeonholed in its use case. And I've watched a lot of people uh, over the weekend put a, a videos out about like, here's all the different things that you can build with these new nether blocks. And you know what? It's very inventive and they're they're colorful and they're bright and they all look good, but they all have very singular use cases. It's usually either making more nether stuff or fantasy builds. And yeah. and even then the fantasy builds are you have to want to make a purple or a turquoise fantasy build. Other than that, you're not gonna really use these for much. Um, I'm not saying that the textures and stuff are, are necessarily that unattractive i like the stripped warped stems they look really cool uh they look great next to prismarine but if i don't want to build in turquoise then i've got no use for any of this kind of stuff and i i found that that's my biggest criticism going into this is that i feel pigeonholed by the the color range and the intensity of it and uh i also don't feel like they've really tapped into the imaginary potential that you know materials from a nether dimension could have i feel like all of this kind of stuff should be completely left field you know instead of just like more planks i have a counterpoint to that and it's a fairly reasonable one other than just like well wood is like it's great to have new wood types finally i think 
the philosophy they have come into this update with, and it's something they mentioned at Minecon a while back, is making the nether more sustainable to players just living there permanently and not having to use the overworld all that much. Right. And aside from bringing trees into the nether from the overworld where they're, you know, they're not going to look particularly native in the nether if you bring an oak tree into the nether, I think it's kind of the same thing in reverse. And... The idea behind each of these things ultimately giving you wood, while boring, is analogous to the kind of stuff that you need to have in the overworld to make sticks for torches and sticks for handles for tools and a crafting table. You know, I, I like the idea of breaking down these mushroom stems and what they ultimately give you is mushroom blocks that can be crafted into a variety of different things. But then do you make a mushroom crafting table out of that? Is all of the crafting stuff in the nether then going to have to look completely different? I think ultimately it's the shorthand the game offers you, given that it's a game that doesn't have that many tutorial elements that goes, oh, this is wood. Okay, so I can make a crafting table out of it. I can make all of the other wooden stuff that I'm already used to making in the overworld, but I can do that in the nether now. And yeah, I, I think providing it as a wood material, you're right, is not the most imaginative thing in the world, but I think it's also part of the game design aspect of it more is making sure players know yes this is wood and you can do anything with this that you could do with the same wood types that you find in the overworld and it, it's it's all feeding into that idea of basically allowing the nether to be self-sustaining for players instead of having to have them go back to the overworld to get important resources like that because as we all know if you go anywhere without logs then you get stuck pretty quickly because without the means to create a crafting table you don't have any way of crafting anything bigger than a two by two grid mm. so i think it's it's tying into that philosophy and it is a bit of a design compromise but on the other hand you get um like some pretty interesting blocks to work with you, you consider the way the texture of the stem alone looks while obviously there aren't many use cases for building with that the texture of that is very different to the kind of texture you have from just standard trunks of trees in the overworld or the planks that you end up getting because the planks for uh warped and crimson wood are the same i believe texture the same kind of lines and dots and everything that form the grain of these planks it's the same overlay but just with a different color right mm. uh so that stuff looks fairly you know generic in terms of its texture obviously not in terms of the color um but just where all of the lines and stuff are whereas the warped stems look completely different the crimson stems look like nothing we've ever seen in the game before and and again i think they look good like i, yeah. I love animated textures add a lot of life to the to the game that can be that can feel very static you know yeah um it's without, just what do you do with those yeah now that you have them kind of yeah. thing yeah and i've seen i've seen them be used as roof textures and people were using them as pillars and you know the i i, I think it might have been somebody in my discord pointed out that the the stem texture does not have the seam in it that uh a log does logs have a darker edge to them as a texture to help them look more round yeah. um, when you see them in the world but when you line logs up next to one another they have a line in between like a vertical line that will go in between each one uh, whereas the um the crimson and warped stems do not because they don't need to appear more round it's so darker than another that it's you really aren't going to get that sense from them but what that means is that you can create a sheet uh, of this texture now you still have the vertical um i guess flow it has a grain to it but it doesn't have it doesn't have an edge to it so it doesn't feel like stripes so much um 
and again, they're going to look really cool behind things and under glass and all that kind of stuff. But I, I just don't know um, what they're going to look like in terms of um, like how, how you could use them in other situations. Um, yeah, I, I think it, it's something it's very... that it's going, it's going to be nice to have as an option occasionally, but like a lot of the other things that have been added recently, like glazed terracotta and stuff like that, I feel like it's going mm -hmm. to be a bit more occasional just because yep. of how vivid it yep. is. Um, yep. And while that's obviously disappointing for a new material that we're seeing so much about, I think it also takes us away from the idea that a lot of the wood colours that we are now used to seem kind of brown and bland by comparison. And I'll fight back a little bit on the idea of the doors not being particularly modern looking because I live in a city where... A lot of the time when you walk down one of the rows in the center of the city, you see lots of different brightly colored doors. Right. And now, uh, up until this point, the differences we've had between brightly colored doors ranges from really dark brown to a kind of really light tan kind of color. And we don't see much else. Acacia doors are the most modern looking things. And now while the texture of a warped door, like you said, is obviously like, it, it feels like somewhere the drowned would live. It's got this yeah. kind of fisherman's cottage kind of vibe to it with this sort Davy of creeping. Davy Jones's locker. Yeah. Exactly. Like people even said, like, it looks a little bit Davy Jones if you make a double door out of them. It still adds a bit of color, which from a distance, if you don't look directly at the texture, is going to look like, oh, that person's got a bright blue door. How fun. Right. You know, I, I'm looking at this stuff from a distance point of view instead of like right up close and you're going to be interacting with the house every day. Right. So I think as overall for, for city builders, it's going to be a bit of a, a different thing. Um, I kind of like the the brightness of the colors personally. Bold colors are harder to use than the muted tones we already have, but that's a fun challenge for me and you're right in that it will look a lot better in a fantasy setting it's going to be difficult to use them for for modern things but we can branch out and we can figure out how those things are done as we get more used to the fact that these blocks are in the game this is the five day reaction to these features being available to us yes so we're going to see and i think along with the uh, the discussion of it being a wood type i think it's nice that it being a wood type and they have all of the variants of like what it can be crafted into already prepared for us there's nothing missing aside like you said from boats um but there's no um you know where's the sign where's the the slab of this where is the trapdoor like it's all they, there yeah it's all there and while a lot of those are not particularly groundbreaking people have pointed out that the acacia trapdoor is just a reorientation that sorry the um the mm -hmm. crimson trapdoor is a reorientation of the acacia one it's just got three transparencies in it uh the warped one looks a little bit different and maybe just having a little bit of variety in stuff like that is going to you know stimulate people's creativity a little more we will yeah. see I know that we've already had some fun um, on the Citadel in some of the, the backups with uh, Nylium and all the different vegetation that you can grow on it. Uh, um, uh, Cosmic Dancer, a member of my community, a member of our community here in the Spawn Chunks, quickly put together a um, coral garden. And instead of having to use red nether brick, she was able to use Nylium and the various different colors underneath all the different coral and have water. And like, it just adds so much vibrant colored um taking these blocks to the overworld um to make use of their vibrance next to some of the we'll say probably underused blocks from the latest uh, update with the or the two updates ago with the update aquatic aquatic with all the bright coral blocks um putting them all next to one another it it is a smorgasbord of just yeah. rainbow amazingness i mean if you want you know a garden that looks like unicorn barf in the best way possible it is you can do it and you can do it very well 
Um, so I know that there are some use cases for the, for the brighter colors. And, and I, I'm trying very hard to make sure that my mindset is not like, well, I'm building a modern city right now and I'm trying to beat my head up against the wall and try to figure out all these different textures that I can and cannot use. Um, but I feel like one of the things that I've, I've heard from Mojang before it, from a development standpoint is that they want blocks that they add to the game to have multiple uses, you know, like to have it have an intended use, but then also say, oh, well, hey, if you turn it this way or if you put it next to this thing, it sort of looks like something else. And I don't get that vibe with these. Um, I, I feel like they, they have more of a narrow scope to them. Uh, again, I still think they look beautiful in the nether. I, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm really excited to do um, more in the nether. I'm wondering actually, I'm, I know I'm going to be trimming chunks. I'm wondering how much I'm going to be trimming chunks. I think I might have a very long evening of precisely trimming chunks in our nether, um, file before we update to the new, to the new, um, nether update when it comes out, because obviously we have a lot done in nether and I don't want any of that to get lost, but I definitely want those new biomes a lot closer. Like I'd love for them to show up within view of stuff we've already built. I think that would be would be very very cool. So yeah. what? Uh, where do you land on the big one in the room on the netherite? The netherite debate. Um, <laughs> I like netherite, and my first impression of it is that it's solid without being OP. I think really it's got one more armor toughness than diamond armor. It is on par in terms of efficiency of the tools right now. I kind of hope they would be faster so that they could instamine wood or something with mm -hmm. haste too. But right now they seem to have just copy pasted the uh, time to break from all of the diamond tools, which makes sense because diamond tools and armor are used as a base for netherite. And I think that's the aspect of this that people who are netherite detractors are missing is that a lot of people are saying, well, people are just going to skip straight to netherite now. And it's like, no, you can't because you have to have all of yeah. the diamond gear in order to upgrade it with a single netherite ingot. So it's literally just coating diamond armor in netherite. Um, and I, I like that. I think um, ancient debris, which is the ore that you have to find in the nether, is suitably rare right now that you aren't going to see people rushing progression or if they do it's going to be a lot of work just to get uh, a single piece of netherite really because you need four ancient debris per scrap of netherite that you, or, or not not netherite scraps because those are the things that you refine into a netherite ingot uh, <laughs> again the terminology starting to trickle down a little bit um but yeah you need to find four ancient debris to upgrade one of your uh, tools or armor and those are more difficult to find than diamonds by a factor of four i think <laughs> so there's a lot of uh digging that needs to happen in dangerous conditions underneath lava level in the nether uh, it's underneath the kind of lava sea level that happens um for me, ancient debris is such a good texture, I wish there was more of it just so I could use it. <laughs> but I think uh, that and the block of netherite, which is also such a great texture, but you'll probably only ever see one in your lifetime. If you're on a server, forget about it. But uh, I, th I think the those two textures are going to be really good for building uh, technology, building kind of like rusted you know, ships and things like that. I can see so many use cases for those. They're such good textures, but you're just never going to have enough of them that you're going to see it as anything other than a resource to be used for other things, unless yeah, you're on I a very long-term single-player world. I saw some great builds by a friend of the show, Mythical Sausage, uh, with the new nether netherite block and uh, uh, ancient debris blocks. And I, I also lost count of how many times in his video he said, if you're in creative. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because, yeah. Because like, you, just, you can't use that stuff en masse. Like, I find it 
quite frustrating that, you know, here, I know I've mentioned on this show before it, Moyang, I would love a metal block. I would love a real, a block that looks like metal, that sounds like metal, that just has this great kind of like steel looking texture and netherite blocks look fantastic. And Moyang says, hey, you get one. Yeah. <laughs> one texture? No, 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 no. One block. To do yeah. what with? Like what? I, yeah. Anyway, I, so I find that kind of frustrating. Now, I like the idea of augmenting diamond, not replacing it. Yes. Um, I find it so funny that you know, everybody, not I say everybody, I, I took that out of the notes so I wouldn't say it and I screwed up. Uh, the majority of feedback I'm seeing online is, is saying that diamonds are done uh, and nether, netherite is the, new, is the new hotness, but you still need diamonds to get to netherite. Yeah. Uh, and netherite is so rare that... I don't know if I'm going to bother. Like, it does not seem to be that big of an uptick in speed or, I mean, sure, your tools last longer. I've got mending tools. I've got four pickaxes. Like, <laughs> exactly. You know, like, I, just, I don't need the. So for me to go and spend the time to find two, um, you know, uh, ancient debris to then turn into half of the netherite that I need to make one tool not not happening anytime soon yeah people are you know people are asking is netherite going to be the new currency of of servers nope because if nope. i have netherite i'm not giving it to anybody yeah. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't care what you have good luck getting enough to trade it with anyone yeah i think exactly i think the problem is that people are projecting this iconic status onto diamonds and assuming that because there is another tier of stuff that is quote unquote better than diamonds then that's just going to become like the arms race like they're treating it like a race to get all of the best stuff and i think the the fact that like diamonds have been the status quo for so long and minecraft is now changing that is really important and i think for the the recommended reading for this episode if you're interested in another take on the debate uh, between netherite and diamond uh, i'm going to link a simply sark video that i also uh, retweeted earlier this week where he he kind of explains why netherite replacing diamond is such a big deal and the title is a little bit clickbaity the thumbnail is a little bit clickbaity but he has such good points in this that it you know isn't clickbait really it's actually a very good discussion and he says the way modded minecraft works a lot of the time it's feeding the player an experience and always having a new objective for them to be strung along by so it's kind of rewarding them with you know oh you get this for a little bit of progress and then here's the next objective here's the next big thing and the way modded minecraft focuses so much on progression is almost antithetical to the way vanilla minecraft does things where it's trying to teach you to create those experiences yourself and derive satisfaction from something you can find yourself instead of the game just leading you to the next objective and the way they have implemented netherite is balanced in a way that yes it's a bit of a challenge to acquire but then it's not like netherite then leads to something else and there is this constant upgrade so it still has enough sandbox around it that kind of requires you to do a ton of stuff and still set your own objectives it's not necessarily providing a replacement for something or a huge upgrade the next tier of stuff and then imagining that that is going to fuel any kind of experience aside from well you now have some tools that are a little bit lava proof i guess it just it mm. removes the inconvenience of losing your tools and armor and lava that's kind of it for me and uh yeah i i think the fact that they've also made netherite tools, this goes back to uh, the email that we got about netherite tools not looking all that great. 
I think that's almost intentional because the diamond is so iconic. The image of a diamond is so appealing. The bright color and so forth is appealing to Minecraft players, especially younger ones who are just like more attracted to bright color. <laughs> I, I don't I don't want to generalize here, but like I, I feel mm. like that's probably the case that like shiny diamond armor is a big deal. And this kind of like darker netherite armor it doesn't seem like it's particularly attractive looking or or anything but i think for people like you who you don't like the blue suit look of a full suit of diamond armor i think it's an improvement in a way because it means you don't have to stick out like a sore thumb yeah no and i think and i think too that it's almost like i can feel you know people saying you know criticizing my view and saying like you know pot the the pot calling the kettle black because uh while i don't like the diamond armor because i think being a bright blue smurf looks kind of dumb i also find that the netherite armor is pretty underwhelming considering how rare it is yeah um and i like the idea that we had emailed to us about you know it's too bad that the netherite armor and it could change i should you know point out uh doesn't include some sort of gold like it doesn't include any any hint of diamond. Not that yeah. I want blue flecks kind of sticking through it, but like for example, we've just been talking about how great the um, the warped stem. I have that right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, looks. Can you imagine if the netherite armor, um, when you apply netherite to the diamond, if the diamond blue shone through in animated veins? Like, what if you could see the power of netherite coursing over your armor? Like it would be different and it might not be, you know, uh, it, 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 you know, you're not going to exactly be camouflage, but like, it's one of those things where like it could, there's so much potential for it to be more than just kind of a gray Brown. Like it kind of looks like poop armor. Like, you know, I, it, it feels again, underwhelming for an opportunity to add something brand new, uh, to the game. I like the shape of the helmet. I like that. It gives you that kind of like a medieval, um, yeah, it does have a slightly different visor shape, doesn't it? Yeah, it almost looks like a... Well, it looks like Magneto's helmet from X-Men. Like, it <laughs> yes. kind of has those spiky yeah, yeah. points to it, right? Like, So mm. there's there's opportunities there. But, like, I um, I have a couple of different textures that I've incorporated into my texture pack. One, uh, one of them from a definitive, definitive painterly. It's an old, old pack. Um, but that's the diamond that I use in my texture pack. And their diamond armor looks really cool it's it's got like red leather and gold bits and then the diamonds are almost like gems you know like on shoulder pads and there's a big central diamond on the chest pad and i kind of wish that they could take the stuff like netherite is expensive to make and it's made out of like precious materials in minecraft it would be nice if the armor that you were wearing um looked more precious like take a look at some like um I mean, medieval stuff is kind of the go-to with Minecraft, but take a look at like, you know, ancient Japan or ancient China, like the armor and the samurai stuff looks amazing, right? Yeah. It's always ornate, it's functional, but it, it's, it has this lush, important, expensive kind of vibe to it. I think they could do do more with it. Um, I I feel like the um, the idea of augmenting and pushing things forward with Netherite, it's a nice twist. I'm glad that it's not just make a netherite pickaxe at a netherite, you know? Yeah. I, yeah, I no, like it, 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 it prevents it from just being another, like from diamond being a stage you can skip over the way people currently skip over leather, yes. chain, and gold. Yes. And, and I know that gold is going to get more use once piglins are in the game because apparently having gold armor is going to signal to the piglins that they can be neutral towards you instead of hostile. Mm. 
Um, but yeah, it, it is allowing you to rethink armor. And people did bring up, like, what is this going to mean for the eventual combat update? Answer being, we don't know. But if there is a new tier of armor that can potentially be rebalanced, then that's going to you know change the game a little bit in itself is is mm -hmm. netherite armor going to become the new toughest thing in the world it has one more point of armor toughness that is not a whole bunch to no. be honest it's not adding more to the armor scale itself currently it is the same armor value as diamond plus one toughness plus one knockback resistance yes, as well knockback resistance that's an ex excellent point which i think I, it's good like i like that I like being shot by skeletons when I'm not going to get like knocked back. Again, it's going to help you in that soul sand valley, probably. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think mending and villager trading have already made diamonds obsolete. Like diamonds are so often just used as a currency once everybody has enough of them. And aside from the occasional unfortunate death, like I haven't died in lava and lost all my gear for the entirety of playing in the Minecraft Survival Guide world, which is over 1,200 hours worth of gameplay at this point. I've never right. once lost my gear to lava. So I don't think the fact that this stuff is now lava resistant is necessarily that big of a deal for me specifically. And I'm a careful player. I know some people play maybe yes. a little more recklessly, but then you have the problem of if you end up dying in lava, how do you then get back into the middle of this lava ocean, presumably in the nether, and recover your gear? <laughs> you don't exactly. have a netherite boat, and that is something people are now campaigning for so that they can have some means of crossing lava lakes which once again not sure if that's going to happen or not i know we're a little short on time here we have been going a little while uh, so let's briefly touch on some other things uh new sound effects love those um i'm a big fan of the sound in this game diversifying um even the squishy footstep sounds on the netherrack while they are gross at first and you want to turn your block sounds down after a while it didn't bug me too much and it does kind of invoke the idea that netherrack is supposed to be like fleshy and unpleasant um so that was kind of cool and then all of the other stuff that has new sounds in it is great the new soul sand sound is super so creepy good. it's so like it, it kind of has it, it it's reminiscent of like an echoey distant like iron golem taking damage because it kind of has this <sighs> kind of yeah breathy yeah, no, sound to it very very creepy i like i like that they've done that with with the soul sand um my only criticism of the nether nether rack is um mining it in great quantities as you often have to do when you're tunneling through the nether i kind of feel like it's going to go the way of my grass sound like it really right, yeah. i i i like insta mining nether rack is it's fun you know it has that kind of pop it's a soft pop it doesn't hurt the ears you know so but at the squish i kind of, i feel like the squish is going to grate on me after a while there's, there's a little bit too much to that kind of treble high-end kind of frequency yeah, yeah yeah so i mean again it'd be cool if it, it, you, you could maybe kind of mix the two bring it down a little bit and have it still be squishy and gross but um uh you know push it from there and again i have to give out um speaking of squishy and gross i have to give a shout out again to, to mythical sausage uh he made like a butcher shop out of the new nether rack and netherite and and or nylium sorry yeah uh, wow gross wow yeah, yeah. gross <laughs> it's like <laughs> this, this hanging old vines yeah yeah <laughs> really really it's like oh wow you can really get grotesque in Mo minecraft now like i didn't realize the potential there um, yeah but yeah no the sounds i actually took some time on stream uh and put a bunch of stuff over note blocks or under note blocks rather to kind of see what different kind of sounds you're going to get uh and um most of the nether rack and netherite stuff is stone so yeah. you still get the bass sound to it um, i assume you get like bass guitar from the wood blocks bass guitar so from the yeah. from the from the stem blocks uh, yeah. and the wood planks and stuff uh and then I want to say soul soil was like a xylophone or something. I, I, unfortunately I can't remember the, there was no new 
note block sounds. They were just associating the certain types of, of nether blocks with existing note block sounds, um, yeah. which is not bad. You still get different sounds from different blocks, it, it, but it, it, it operates, like you said, with the wood uh, being crafted as expected. It also sounds as expected when used in, um, in, in note block sort of situations. Yeah. One last thought about the netherite before we wrap up. Um, some people were suggesting that like it could be more involved with the blast furnace, and personally, I really wish the blast furnace was actually required rather than mm -hmm. just like I, I I get that yeah if you want to smelt something you probably want to try smelting it in a furnace first, and if you put it in a furnace and go oh this isn't cooking you sort of assume that item can't be smelted at all. So why would you then try a blast furnace if you're just feeling your way through this game? But it does feel like the ultimate tier of material with this ancient debris and stuff does feel like you know technology that should just be beyond a furnace that you make out of eight cobblestone uh, yeah. but may maybe that's just me i wonder if there is potential for the smithing table to get involved because that still right. doesn't have any functionality as a player workstation um not sure how the uh, fletching table sadly still <laughs> doesn't really have a look in as far as netherite goes but if crafting netherite could be transmissioned to the transmissions transitioned to the smithing table or the smithing table could be required as people were emailing in in order to keep the enchantments on some diamond gear if you had to carefully oh, yeah. smith it on rather than have the enchantments wiped by adding a netherite ingot to the diamond pickaxe or whatever it was you happen to be messing with i have a feeling that could be potentially adding some player functionality to the smithing table in a way that they have hinted was in in mind for a future update um yeah, and and we still I don't like know that. quite how much of that is a bluff and how much they're like no we have plans just wait and be patient yeah. um, i like so that idea because we have the grindstone that will remove enchantments and having a uh, another function of one of the other profession blocks that will maintain enchantments makes sense Yes, and, and once again, I have thought in the past, and this goes back to a question somebody asked via email, about the idea of augmenting other armor with other materials, so adding, you know, diamond to leather so that you could potentially have diamond armor that you could have different colors. It would still have the same amount of toughness involved, but it could be more customizable. And I speculated that that might be an interesting use for the smithing table. So potentially if all of that functionality can combine in the smithing table, it makes it a lot more coherent and a lot more something that players will want to seek out and use. Um, again, that uh, sort of feeds into whether people are asking whether diamond tools should keep their enchantments when combined with netherite i think they should um netherite itself is actually more enchantable than diamond uh, as far as the enchantment value the type of things that you're going to get out of the enchanting table it's not quite as good as gold a gold pickaxe can be enchanted directly with efficiency five in an enchanting table because it is that enchantable um but i don't think it's quite that high with netherite but it's certainly higher than diamond is right now i think netherite and leather have roughly the same um enchantability so it's it's kind of interesting to see the the subtle variations they can put into it without just making it the next op thing um and obviously we're going to be getting a lot of opinions about that via email so please continue to send your feedback as joel said to the chunks at gmail.com and only the chunks at gmail.com if you please just so we can make sure that we are getting to the emails that you guys want us to read on the show but unless you have any parting thoughts to say about the snapshot i reckon it's about time to wrap up the show what do you think no i think we're going to be talking about this for the next few weeks you know, as, as <laughs> yes ideas come in and we have more experience with it and and i think that you know i i, I want to reiterate that i mean yes i do have a we'll say i don't want to say negative i have a less skeptical. than i have i have a skeptical slash less than excited current 
opinion of uh, some of the new things that are happening in the, the another update. Uh, but I want to put a big old asterisk here at the end of the show and say, yes, it is a snapshot. Stuff is going to develop. Uh, please be constructive when you are sending feedback to Moyang uh, and, and ask inquisitive questions and get everyone thinking as opposed to just, you know, coming down with really hard nosed opinions and um, that sort of thing. I, I think that um, there's an, it's an excellent opportunity that, that Moyang gives everybody to, to provide these snapshots, which they don't have to do. Um, so um, I'm, I'm, I feel lucky to have a view of what's coming to the nether. I think on a whole, it's always a positive update to have new blocks and have new biomes and stuff like that. Uh, I just think that um, as two people that are very passionate about this game, when you're this passionate about something, you can be very critical of it. And I think that's kind of where I stand and that I want, I want Moyang and, and I want Minecraft to be better. <laughs> so that's why I always have very high expectations. Definitely. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode of The Spawn Chunks. Thank you guys so much for listening. You can find more information about the show and links to some of the things we've talked about today at thespawnchunks.com. If you're looking for the show notes, they are there and you will have all of the links to all of the stuff we've uh, been discussing, the uh, change log for this snapshot especially, so make sure you click on that if you haven't already. Uh, the music for the show is composed by me and The Spawn Chunks is proud to be a listener-supported podcast. If you get some value out of the show, why not consider putting some value back in? You you can visit patreon.com slash thespawnchunks to join our community, where pledging at any level will get you an invite to our patrons-only Discord chat and get us closer to our next goal of recording the show live in Discord so our patrons can hang out and listen while the show is getting made. We are currently at 160 patrons, which is another increase from last week. Thank you so much to everyone who has gotten on board lately. There is always room for more. And special thanks to our content engineers Cameron Sigelski, Greener Canuck, JD Williamson, and Yitz for your support on this episode. I'm a little bit behind on some of the welcome emails and uh, doling out the rewards for Patreon because I was sick last week at the start of the month. So I apologize if you have not received that kind of stuff and the website has not been updated. I do hope to take care of that this week. Spreading the word about the show is free. Just tell your friends. Uh, it's easy. Uh, the Spawn Chunks at Twitter and Instagram if you'd like to share it around. But a personal recommendation is by far the best way to share the show. Poke a friend in the arm and say, hey, they have lots of opinions about the Nether Update. If you guys are passionate about this, you want to go listen to The Spawn Chunks. You can email the show once again at thespawnchunks at gmail.com. Subscribe on iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, and also YouTube if that's where you like to hang your podcast hat. The RSS feed is linked on thespawnchunks.com and the patron-only RSS feed is on the Patreon page. That's where you can listen to the render distance, the extended version of this podcast. My name is Johnny, but online I go by Pixelriffs, and you can find most of what I do at youtube.com slash Pixelriffs, including my tutorial series, the Minecraft Survival Guide, a Skyblock series, and probably a few snapshot videos in the weeks to come as well. I stream three days a week on Twitch, which is mostly mountain building for the Survival Guide these days. I'm also the voice of the unofficial Hermitcraft recap, recapping the shenanigans of the Hermitcraft YouTuber server, which you can find through a quick YouTube search. Aside from that, I'm at Pixelriffs on both Twitter and Instagram. Joel, where can people find you online? joelduggan.com. Super easy to find. It has my illustration and design portfolio. If you're interested in hiring me there, just drop me a line. Uh, again, the email is on the website. And uh, it's not that I don't engage on social media, but I can get lost and forget to get back to people. So emailing me there is the best way to engage professionally. The Citadel Cafe is a podcast where I talk about sci-fi and geeky entertainment. I had my friend Alistair on last week. We talked about Picard, which was a fun time. You can also follow me on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram. It's all just my name. But of course, Twitch is where I'm doing most of my minecraft play so coming out there it's a good time thanks for visiting the spawn chunks the world outside is infinite and is it safe to end the show mojang <laughs>